God loves you so much. He has a purpose and a destiny for your life that's much bigger than what you can see. But he wants to show it to you. And he has made provision. Do you know he's given you a will? And, and you know, he works overtime to protect your freedom. He wants you to have the freedom to choose. He's a loving father. And he tells you exactly what to choose, to choose life. And the Bible, the word of God is huge that, that on this principle that your thought life, it's, it's everything. Because here's the thing, God made you to where you cannot move in a direction that you can't see. So you, you have to, God wants to show you. He doesn't want to tell you what you're supposed to do. He wants to show you. And the word of God is designed so that he can show you this incredible plan that he has for your life. But he needs, he needs you to learn how to think like him. Because his ways are much bigger than your ways and my ways. His plan and his purpose is much greater than what you and yourself can accomplish. Because you're not made. You're a human being. You've been made in the image of God. You're not created to do anything for yourself or by yourself. You have literally been created in the image and likeness of God to literally walk in him and have him live through you so that now you walk according to his strength and his ability. And you literally walk like Jesus walked in the earth. The Bible is real clear that God's will for your life is that you literally be fashioned like unto the exact representation of Jesus. Isn't that amazing? So we got to learn how to think right. We've got to learn how to think right. 3 John verse 2 says, Beloved, I pray above all things that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Do you know that you are literally attached to an unlimited, an unlimited vine? You are a branch that's attached to an unlimited vine. So literally, all things are possible to you if you will believe. Amen? So we have to talk about these things. I really thought, man, I had this thing all planned out. We went eight weeks on this series on the renewing of the mind. And then in the last seven days, this thing has gotten so big, I think we've just kind of scratched the surface of this series. So this is week nine, but we're going to keep going into it. You know, we really, really want to get into this. It's important. Do you know, it is so important that you be planted in a local church where God wants you, where you can hear the word of God in the anointing of God, just literally dripping with the love of God so that it's palatable to you. Because God wants you to walk in dominion and in freedom in these last days. And I got to tell you, the world's going to get crazier and crazier, but the church is to get brighter and brighter. Amen. 
You are to be above only and not beneath. You have been made to be the head and not the tail. And God will teach you how to profit. He'll lead you in the way that you should go. So literally, he wants to give you the desires of your heart, which are expressions of his will for your life. So don't shoot too low. I think we have a room full of very hungry people. Amen? So let's get into this. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Been a foundational scripture for us. Paul, writing to Roman Christians, said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice, or a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Well, that's great, Paul, but how do I do that? So glad you asked. Verse 2. And don't be conformed to this world. Don't be pressed into the mold of the world. And, and we're, we're talking about the renewing of the mind. So we, we see there's, there's levels of this battle that goes on in your mind. First of all, the first level of mental activity is your thought life that will try, Satan will come from the outside, use people, use circumstances, use the world system to try to get you to think like the world thinks, right? To conform you. But then, if, if, if he can get that started, then what'll happen, if he can start to get you to take a thought where you start speaking this nonsense, all of a sudden now, the second level of mental activity, we went all through this, I would encourage you to get back online and outline these messages. The second level, your imagination. And if, if he can get you to start thinking wrong, then he could build a vain imagination in your mind and realizing that your behavior comes out of your imagination. Why? Because you go in the direction that you see. You will always move in the direction of your most dominant thought. Have you noticed when things happen in your life they consume, they try to consume your thought life. Just thought after thought, I can't do this, I can't do that, right? Or, or this is not working out, or whatever it is. If, if, you, if you've been dealing with sickness and disease for a while, all of a sudden, you, you be, these thoughts are coming that you're never gonna get better, that it's never gonna get back to normal, that it's just gonna get worse, Right? And these thoughts come because if Satan can get you taking those thoughts, you always move in the direction of your most dominant thought. So God is working from the inside, just bringing revelation to his word to your heart so that now the predominant thoughts in your mind are, by his stripes, I am healed. I will not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord right? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, Amen. right? This is a huge deal. I mean, I think of uh, a, a really good friend of mine. Man, his son just won a third national championship with his team in basketball, was, was named player of the year again. They're calling him like the greatest division two basketball player of all times. Broke all these records, lost eight games in four years of college. 
And when they interviewed him, the first thing out of his mouth is, I got to give the glory to God because I've prayed for this. Well, why would he pray for that? Because it was a desire in his heart. But how many college, I mean, do you realize he goes there, he's a freshman, right? So he wins a national title, right? Then, then he wins another national title with his team. Then COVID hits. They don't play an NCAA tournament, but they are named unanimous national champions. But they, they can't say they're a four-time national ta- champion because they didn't play it. But then his senior year, they just won another one. You know, most people would be like, man, if I could go to college and win one, that would be phenomenal. And that's what, that's, that's what the enemy will try to do to you. He'll take your life wherever it is, and he'll try to get you to think like the world. Well, you know, if I can just do this, if I could get to the point where I could just own a home and pay my bills and just live a nice, you got to get rid of all that thinking. Because what God's called you to do in the earth is way beyond that. Well, what is it? I can't answer that question for you. Because God is going to show you his plan. Right? He's not going to show somebody else to show you. No, 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 no. He'll speak directly to you. So he wants to get this vain imagination going. So now you have this movie going on. You're seeing your life going in a direction that God never wants it to go. And and the third level of mental activity is he wants to build a stronghold in your mind so that he can completely steal your purpose and destiny in life. Our lives from these two scriptures tell us that, or, or the word tells us that our lives are transformed as we renovate our mind. As we renew our mind, our life is transformed, which means the Zoe life that is saturating your spirit is now brought on the outside, and all of a sudden you're walking it out in your life. You're walking like Jesus, fearless, strong, healthy, provided for, helping others, fulfilling the plan and purpose for your life. You do that through life. You face all kinds of demons. You face all kinds of giants. You laugh in their face. You never talk about how big they are. All you talk about is how big God is. And you see them fall and fall and fall, right? You know, there's something I got to tell you. One of the things that the enemy, boy, here I'm all over the place. One of the things that the enemy will do is he will bring pressure on you. I think of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Pressure was put on them. You either bow to this image when my, when my orchestra plays, or I'm going to, in the same hour, throw you into a fiery furnace. And then he arrogantly says, and who is that God that can deliver you out of my hand? Pressure. If you allow pressure to guide your decisions, you will literally bring, you'll you'll bring bondage, cursing, defeat, and destruction into your life. But in the midst of it, if you'll stand 
and answer that circumstance or answer that sickness or answer that lack or answer that challenge, right? If you'll answer it with the word of God, listen, it is written. In other words, Nebuchadnezzar, here, let me answer your question and I don't need to think about this much, right? I'm a teenager, so I've got some attitude, right? I'm here to tell you as a Christian, when you're a teenager, you should have attitude when you're full of the word. Then when you get in your 20s, you should have more attitude. And then by the time you've walked with God for a while and you're in your 30s, man, you're at, you got a big attitude. And it's a big attitude that God is bigger than anything. You mess with me, you got to mess with him. You, to get to me, you got to go through him and you're not going through him. Then you get in your 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. Right? I remember sitting in a meeting with Brother Hagen. I was sitting kind of in a section over here, and he was just preaching. And he just he looked at everybody and smiled and goes, and then he just kept he kept teaching. And I felt so bad. I was laying on top of two people. The whole section just and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, this old guy. Physically, but not spiritually. That's attitude. Could you imagine why did he do that? Well, the Spirit of God just said, just blow on him. You blow on him, and I'll really blow on him, right? But we're to walk through this earth. And they said, listen, we're not going to be quick to answer you. Here's the reality of my situation. I'm not moved by a furnace. I'm not moved by who you are. You are not the man in my life. God is. So if you throw me in, let me answer you. My God is able. He is able to deliver me out of your hand, O king. And let me go one step further. God's always the God of more than enough. Let me go one step further, and he will deliver me because growing up, I've been meditating on this scripture, right? I've been meditating on this scripture that when I walk through the fire, the fire can't even kindle upon me. But, but king, if you don't throw me in, it's okay. I'm not bowing, Right? That's, see, Satan will try to press you into the mold of the world and tell you, if you don't do this, this is not going to work out. And this is going to affect you and you and you. It's going to affect everything. Right? But I'm here to tell you, you have been born of God. You're a world overcomer. The word of God is very clear on that. You are to change your environment. You are not to be changed by your environment. This is so big. Renewing or renovating our minds is the process of adopting an entirely new system of values, an entirely new way of looking at every arena of your life through the filter of what God's word says. Right? That means I can do all things through Christ. That means I have been given all authority in the name of Jesus, delegated authority. And because of that, I am to have, this is Luke 10, 19, I walk through this life and I have absolute mastery over all the satanic hierarchy and over all Satan's ability and nothing by any means shall hurt me. I believe that. I live by that. And, I'm, and, and, is, and is that, does that mean the enemy's going to go, okay, game over, I guess I'll quit? No, 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 no. He'll still come. 
But I'm telling you, he's a non-issue if you learn who you are in Christ. And you got to renovate your thinking to that. In other words, we have to get our minds saved. Your spirit's saved. It's perfect. You need to develop it, right, with the word of God and all this stuff. And, and the Holy Spirit, he's your trainer. He'll help you develop your spirit. But you got to eat right. You got to speak right. You got to exercise right, spiritually. We have to, we have to think in line with God's word. In other words, we have to, as his children, think like our father. Right? So when you go to work tomorrow, when you go to school tomorrow, wherever you go tomorrow, listen, you're, you're Jesus to that arena. Yeah, but you know, this is a real dark place. Not when you get there. No, 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 no. Every place the sole of your foot treads upon, God's given it to you. There's, you have fruit there. It said, he said this, and the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray your whole spirit and soul and body, the three parts of man, be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm a spirit, Right? With my spirit, I contact, I fellowship, and I communicate with God. God doesn't talk to my mind. He doesn't talk to your mind ever. He speaks directly, spirit to spirit. Whoever's born of God, Romans 8, 14, will be led by the spirit of God. Proverbs 20, 27, the spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord searching all the inward parts of the belly. In other words, God will lead you by your spirit. So my spirit is who contacts God. You know, Satan can never talk to my spirit. He can't touch my spirit. I am so far above him spiritually. I'm completely alive. He's completely dead, right? I'm a created being, but I've been created in the image of my Father. He's a created being. He's a created being not in the image of God. But he's dead. He's spiritually dead. He can't talk to my spirit. But man, he will throw thoughts in my mind all day long. Thank God I have authority over him. I also possess a soul. That is my mind, my will, and my emotions. With my soul, through my soul, it, it contacts my body. It, it's kind of an integrated system. In other words, the soul is the battlefield. It's the control center of my life. Man's soul is the part that contacts the body through how? Through the thought process right? The voice of man's soul is reason. That's, that's the voice of your soul. But then you live in a body. Man's body's the part that contacts this natural world, right? I contact the natural world through my five physical senses, through my natural body. What's the voice of my body? Feelings. But let's look at the mind for a second, the mind, <clears throat> now this is hard to say, 
because these words are so close. But you have your conscience, conscious, C-O-N-S-C-I-O-U-S, your conscious, right? This is the part of your mind that makes everyday decisions, okay? Then you have, let's go a little deeper into the mind now, now you have the subconscious mind. Have you ever heard of that? That is the part of you. See, the subconscious mind is working, but your conscious mind doesn't even know it's working. It's working beneath the surface. It functions without a normal mental process. Your conscious, your conscious is not aware of it. It just works. It's kind of like your autopilot. This is the part you got to renew. Because in your subconscious mind, see observations, what you observe, the teaching you sit under, right? Your associations, your past experiences, they all build into your subconscious mind what is called a set point. Another way to say that is it's a boat. What do you mean a boat? A comfort zone. When you're on the water and you can't walk on liquid water and there's a storm, you will want to stay in the boat in your comfort zone. Like in track, nobody could break this four-minute mile until one person broke it. Then all kinds of people started breaking it. Why? Because it's so much up here. Your subconscious mind, it creates, it creates a comfort zone for you. Your subconscious mind is designed to keep you in your comfort zone. but the renewing of your mind will, set, will change these set points. Then you have your conscience, okay? Your conscience, that's the voice of your spirit, but that's, that's how your mind, it, it expresses. It's another part of the mind. Your conscience literally is where you make everyday decisions. You make a conscious decision. You see a bottle of vinegar, and you make a conscious decision, I'm not going to drink that. You see a Brussels sprout, and you make a conscious decision, yeah, not going to eat it. Right? I'm just messing with you. Your conscience is where your morals, your value system is at. We're going to get into this a lot more, but I wanted to mention this. Why am I mentioning this? Because you grow up, you grow up maybe in a family that's very abusive. And your parents yelling and screaming at each other all the time. It might be violent, it could even be physical. Or it could just be, could just, be just very, just emotional. You know, just, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm, 
my dad or my mom always putting me down, always putting each other down. You grow into this, arguing. And, and all these experiences, you're, you're associating with this every day you live in this, right? You're observing it. It's very real to you. You grow up in a family where you're sexually abused. You grow up in an alcoholic family and, and there's no trust. Your mind will affect your body. Do you know if you renew your mind to he sent his word and healed you? If you renew your mind to the fact that Jesus himself bore your sickness and carried your pain. Do you know that revelation in your heart that renews your mind will affect your body? When you raise your hands and say, Father, I thank you that I am strong in you and in the power of your might, it will affect you in the same way when you have some associations. I mean... I still, if I see a bigger knife, the only thing I think of is when I was 16 years old and a guy came at me with a knife. It, it just, right? And now I've learned how to renew my mind and keep that under. But man, it just affects you, right? Thank God for big branches on a tree. But, but literally, see, what happens is you grow up in this environment. And then you get married. Right? And all of a sudden now you're married and you've got this lovely wife. But your subconscious mind will start playing these tapes. And remember, your subconscious mind is trying to pull you back to the set point. And all of a sudden, you're not treating your wife right. And you think it's because of the way what she's doing, but the reality of it is it's not what she's doing. It's what you grew up in. It's your subconscious. Do you see that? If you grew up sick, or if you have been sick for a long time, you got to renew your mind. You got to get a new vision. Proverbs 29, 18, well, I'm going off the page here. Proverbs 29, 18, without a vision, without a redemptive revelation of God, the people will let go. You sit there and go, I'm going to change my life. And then you blink and you kind of, as soon as you take the pressure off, you sink back into the same old person. Why? Because you're subconscious. It's all in there. And the word of God as you implant it in your heart, what happens is you meditate in the word day and night. You take, you put the word on it and you start reprogramming. Only the word of God can do this. All of a sudden you start reprogramming your subconscious. The Bible says in James, when you implant the word of God in your spirit, man, what happens now is now the word I'm meditating in the word. All of a sudden, I heard Pastor Dave was throwing water around here last Wednesday. Man, can you imagine that? This is for Pastor Dave. There we go. 
All right. So, so all of a sudden the Holy Spirit opens the word of God and now light comes out and you get a revelation of what it's saying. And it goes from a, a scripture that you've been memorizing, words on a page, to all of a sudden, wow, I can do all things through Christ. And what happens now is I start speaking it over and over. And now this imagination starts playing a video of me walking free and, and, and being successful in this. But what happens is now the word of God that comes out of this, the revelation, my spirit will translate that into a thought and it when will shoot that into my mind, my subconscious mind. And the word of God in my subconscious mind will uproot a detrimental thought process. It'll change a set point. This is why the Lord, when he makes you free, there is no, there's no scar. You actually, when you come on the other side of it, you're going, I know that was me because I can remember it, but I can't touch it anymore. It was, it's, it was as if it happened to somebody else. And that's what we're talking about. You can change your whole life by changing the way you think. Listen, a lack of education is not stopping you. A lack of money is not stopping you, right? Nothing is stopping you but a wrong thought process. Because I'm telling you, and this is a message, this needs to be preached in every prison. It needs to be, well, it needs to be preached everywhere. Because I'm telling you, some people are driving around in $150,000 cars, and they're completely steeped in fear. They're completely in bondage. They just look good on the outside. But they're still missing it. Or they get out of prison, and they don't know. It's like, okay, I have this criminal record. What am I going to do now? And if we don't help them with the word of God to get a new vision, to get God's vision, what will happen? The set point, the tapes will start playing. Pretty soon, they'll just be doing the same thing. That's what's happening to all of us if we'll let it. But if we will adopt the word of God, you could change everything. We're not saying that some of these horrendous things that have happened to people are not horrendous. I remember when I met an older Jewish couple. He was, the, he was the owner of a savings and loan in Southern California. It was in the early 80s. And talking to him, and he showed me the tattoo. Him and his wife came out of Auschwitz. And 10 years after coming out of Auschwitz with just the clothes on their back, 10 years later, he was a multimillionaire. And he said, now, there was a measure of luck to come out of there, but he said, what kept us is we lived in a different world in our mind. Beloved, I pray above all things that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. See, in other words, God is saying, listen, the enemy's coming to steal, kill, and destroy. John 10, 10. But guys, I have come that you might have the very life that God has 
and that you might have way, way too much of it because you got to give it away to everybody that you meet. Free people want to see people get free. Amen. Right? See, vision. God wants to give you vision. We taught a whole series on that. You got to be careful of this thing that's in your house called television. <laughs> because you know what happens? Is you're having somebody else telling you a vision that's not your vision. And if you're not careful, all of a sudden, that will become your vision. And it'll mess you up. So we got to take the word of God. Boy, okay, Tony, you have 17 pages of notes, and <laughs> wow. Here we go. The war is on for the soul as we've said, because decisions are made there. Our life is a sum total of all of our decisions. That's, if, you're, if your life's a mess today, you should be just standing up going, yeah, I got this. So I'm just going to start changing the way that I think, and now my future will change. Life is choice-driven. The enemy wants you to think you don't have a choice, but you do have a choice. You can fulfill the plan of God for your life. It's not too late. You didn't make too many mistakes. You didn't mess it up to the point. If you could fog a mirror, you've got, you've got a future. And God is the master, the master at restoration. Life is choice-driven. Deuteronomy 30, 19 says, I call heaven and earth to record against you, this day against you, that I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your seed may live. You have a choice. Things can change. Do you realize you can take the word of God in your heart coming out of your mouth and it will change your whole body? What? Are you saying we're our own healer? Nope. But when you speak the word of God, guess what? He watches over it and performs it. He, he'll go to work. Remember we talked about there's something you got to know about God in that whole series on Sunday on vision. God is the God that calls the end from the beginning. He never starts anything until he finishes it first in the spirit realm. Do you realize everything that you need in your life has already been provided? That thing you're believing God for, oh, if this could just happen, it's already yours. And now if you'll just meditate in the word, the Holy Spirit, he will lead you into all the truth. He'll lead you into your inheritance. But don't be fearful. Satan will try to, he'll try to pull you into the mold of the world. Don't be conformed to the image of this world. He'll try to tell you it's too late. There is no way you can get there if you're here. And that's not true. It's a lie. When you find yourself in a position where you're starting to make decisions based on outward pressures and outward situations. Listen, Romans 8, 5, and 6, to be carnally minded is only going to produce death. 
right? Hallelujah. This is huge. Hallelujah. Well, praise God. I want you to see something. Go to Genesis chapter 13. Genesis chapter 13. We're going to look at verse 14 and 15. Genesis chapter 13. There's a principle in these two verses that are powerful. Hallelujah. You guys getting something out of this tonight? Man. Genesis chapter 13, verse 14. It says this. And the Lord said unto Abram, after that lot was separated from him. Look at what he said to Abram. Lift up now your eyes and look from the place where you are. Look at what the word of God is saying. Lift up your eyes now from the place where you are. Okay? And look from the place where you are northward, southward, eastward, and westward. For all the land which you see, to you will I give it and to your seed forever. You have to see it to possess it. And that's why you got to guard your thought life. You have to reprogram your subconscious mind with the word of God so that you think like God, so that now you can see even who you are. Many of us define ourselves by our past failures or successes or by where we are in life, right? I'm an accountant. Uh, Here's a big one. I'm a pastor. Right? No, no, no. No, I am a child of God. Now, I stand in the office of a pastor. But see, if you're, well, I am the owner of a successful business, that might really be, make you feel really good, but what happens if that business goes south? But if you're a child of God and that business starts going south, you could sit here and go, wait a minute. Oh, wait, time out. No, business, you can't go south anymore. Yeah, but, but pastor, you don't understand what the economy, no, no, you don't understand. I'm not bound by this economy. No, I'm a child of God. Okay, Lord. You teach me how to profit. You lead me in the way that, you sh- that I should go. Right? I, we, we have a friend in California. He, he went on an interview. He didn't even know it was a life insurance company. This would have been in the, probably the 70s. So uh, he finds out it's, it, he went, he, they were living with his wife's parents. They had nothing. And he went to work for the equitable life insurance company. And, you know, he was just going along, working really hard, just, man, just trying to make it, trying to make it. And the Lord goes, why don't you teach me? Or why don't you let me teach you how to do this? And he taught him a brand new system. He became the number one equitable life insurance salesman in the world year after year. I mean, he was making millions in the 80s, right? People would get down on him for the car he drove to our church. 
They didn't know he was putting 12 inner city students through private school and he was given hundreds of thousands of dollars. But God taught him how to profit. He taught him that. God could give you one idea that changes everything. God could lead you out of any sickness and any disease. God could break generational stuff. Well, you know, I never came from money. Every one of my, every one of my relatives had nothing. Well, let that, let's change that. Because you're born of God now. But this is a key. God's given you an imagination because it's the ability and power of God that's what propels you to new places in him. He has to give you an imagination in order to take you there because you can't go if you don't see. And what you look at, if you look at it long enough, you'll start looking to it and it'll become your source. So you don't want to look at the wrong thing because having a wrong source is not good. Right? This is huge. So what do we do? We go to God's word and we allow the Holy Spirit to show you God's thoughts so that you can say them over and over again and build them into your imagination. This enables you to see God's thoughts and then move in the direction of God's thoughts so that now you're this is how you live Zoe life. But if you don't, you're going to see natural circumstances and you're going to go, there's no way for me to get here anymore. And you're going to start looking to other methods and, and, and the enemy's going to be able to steal, kill, and destroy in your life. You'll start, some people, they get in a situation, disappointment happens and they never get beyond it. Pressure comes, and they never get beyond it. They make a big mistake in their life, and they never get beyond the mistake. And all the time, God's going, come over here. Let me teach you my ways. I've got to, behold, I'm the God. I make all things new. Right? This is huge. So faith is the power source for changing the circumstances of your life. Faith, being fully persuaded that what God said in his word is the final authority. It's like the power source. It changes all your situations because now you can reach into the unseen realm and grab hold of something God's already given you by his grace and faith. It'll come into this realm through faith and you'll have it in your life. So many Christians in our circles or stream or river, whatever you want to call us, are not laying hold because they're listening to 25 different teachers, they go to 85 different meetings, they jump from church to church, but they never do the one thing that causes them to be a doer of the word. They don't meditate in the word. Go to the meetings. Watch hours and hours of, of wonderful teaching but grab hold of some nuggets as the Holy Spirit leads you and start meditating so that you can start seeing some of it. Because you'll never be able to walk by faith if you don't see. See, it's not blind faith. But most Christians, 
This is what's happened in their life. They've not meditated in the word. So they bought the lie, and this is the, all the lies of the animal, enemy funneled down to one lie. You know what it is. I say this all the time. God's word is not going to work for you right now. That's a lie. In other words, like he said to Eve, surely God didn't say. Come on, Eve. Die? What's that? Do you see anything dying around here? Right? Faith is the power source for changing the circumstances in your life. Other factors, though, must be mixed with faith to produce results. In other words, you've got to mix something with your faith. James 2.17 says, Even so faith, if it hath not works, works. That Greek word means corresponding action. What is the corresponding action? The Holy Spirit will tell you what it is. It's, it's whatever the situation is, you will know. The Holy Spirit will lead you in this. Faith without works or corresponding action is dead being alone. So here's the deal. If your behavior, your corresponding actions, right, does not line up with what you believe, then your faith will die unborn. And that's what's happening to people. They come to Faith Family Church and they hear God wants to bless you. And they get all excited. Right? But then you leave Faith Family Church and before you get home, you're back. Or like tonight, you go lay in your bed and all of a sudden thoughts start coming. And it gets real confusing. No, 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 no. No, the word's true. But see, if, you, if your corresponding actions don't line up with your faith, then your faith is going to die unborn. But if your behavior, if your corresponding actions line up with your belief, then power is released to change your circumstance. If your behavior, your corresponding actions line up with your belief, then the power of God is released to go to work and change your situation. The word of God is voice activated. So when you're laying in your bed or when you go to the doctor and you've been believing God for three months that, that your blood levels are going to be better and you go to the doctor and all of a sudden he says, man, we got to up this medication. A lot of believers, see, if, you, if you're not meditating in the word, if you're not thanking him, if you're not speaking the word of God, feeding on it, you're going to walk away going, why, how did that happen? And then you'll run into a couple people that don't know nothing about the word, and they're like, oh, man, you know, my blood sugar was like this, and all of a sudden I went to church, and bam, I'm off 500 milligrams of insulin a day. And you're just going, and, and, and yeah, you probably blow up. I don't even know what it is. But, but you know, but, but then Satan will sit on your shoulder, and what will he say? Oh, well, well, that's just, that's just because, you know, maybe God doesn't quite love you as much as... 
and we buy that stuff. God loves you as much as he loves Jesus. It never wanes. Yeah, but I've been trying to build this business forever, and it's just not getting off the ground. Don't give up. And what I mean by that is just keep meditating in the word of God. Pretty soon you're going to start to see it, and you're going to start running around yelling that I am successful in this business way before you see it outwardly. You, you, because you can't see it outwardly if you don't see it inwardly. Behavior is determined by the decision-making process of the soul which operates under the law of the mind. What is the law of the mind? It's from Romans. You put the word in your heart and it'll produce your behavior. Right? So I'm going to kind of come down the hill here. Proverbs 23.7 says this. First half of that verse, Proverbs 23.7 For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. As you think in your heart, so are you. You're self-programmable. And the word of God is full of life. Zoe, it's full of the life of God. And it's powerful. It's active and effective. You don't have to know the root of the problem. You just follow his lead. It's hilarious some of the things that the Holy Spirit has me study while I'm teaching on something else. I'm like, God, I'm teaching on this. I should be studying this. And he's like, no, I want to talk to you over here. I've learned. I don't care. It's all life. And it all comes out perfectly all the time. Your behavior and the quality of your life are going to be a or going to be a product of how you think and what you think on mostly. Because our minds, it works by mental imagery. We don't think in words, right? We think in pictures. <clears throat> These mental images form a picture of your perception of reality, which is the operation of your imagination. God wants your imagination so that he can lead you into your destiny. Daniel knew he wasn't dying in the lion's den. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they knew they weren't dying that day. David knew Goliath was not going to live that day. He already knew it. He moved in that direction because he saw it. We're running all over the place wanting somebody to give us a word. Man, I've got 800,000 of them for you right here. And God's word, he's good all the time. It's for you. He heals all the time. He will bring you out every time. It doesn't matter if you cause the mess. He won't even get down on you for the mess. And when you realize how good he is, you'll walk free from the mess. Your imagination produces behavior. All your consistent behavior is rooted in your imagination. Wrong beliefs lead to vain imaginations, which leads to a wrong behavior, which leads to strongholds. 
I could hear several of you going, oh, man, he needs to say that again. <laughs> so wrong thoughts. Now, if you, you know how long I've been saying this? Nine weeks. But it's okay. We got to hear it all the time because we have to be in a certain place to hear things. <clears throat> so wrong thoughts will lead you to a vain imagination, right? Which will lead you to wrong behavior, which will lead you into a stronghold. Yeah. See, this establishes, what establishes? Wrong thoughts, vain imaginations, wrong behavior, strongholds. This establishes an un, or a subconscious thought process that will dictate the way you respond to things. Why, why does a person get offended? Why does, it, why does a person get offended? Why does a person not trust somebody? Why does a person self-destruct anything good that happens in their life? Wrong thoughts, vain imaginations, wrong behavior, strongholds. That's why it all happens. So can you give everybody who is not nice to you a break? Because your enemy is not a person. Your enemy is the evil one, the destroyer that works behind the scenes, throwing the thoughts, leading people into a vain imagination, leading them into the wrong behavior so that they live in a stronghold. Don't go to somebody who's wronged you and ask them, why did you wrong me? They don't know. <laughs> but you might get upset when they look at you and go, I don't care. But what you don't realize is that's their defense mechanism because they hate themselves and it's the only way they cope with it. Amen. And that's why, guys, we are called to be light in this world. We take the light of the glorious gospel. I'm not moved by any outward thing. It's in him that I live and move and have my very being. Amen? Amen.